Welcome to the official podcast for the Society of Urodynamics, Female Pelvic Medicine, and Urogenital Reconstruction. Here you will find podcasts highlighting clinically relevant topics, ongoing SUFU initiatives, SUFU member highlights, and much, much more. Hello, uh, Una Lee here from Virginia Mason in Seattle, Washington. Um, I'd like to welcome our very special guest, Sandeep Pasavida. He's professor of urology at the Cleveland Clinic Lerner College of Medicine, section head for the female pelvic medicine and reconstructive surgery section, and your SUFU president, 2020 to 2022, a two-year term, which just started. Welcome, Dr. Pasavida. Hi. Well, thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Um, we are continuing our tradition of doing podcasts for the SUFU presidents and getting sort of a, a vision and a sense um, for our membership. So first to start off, uh, the most recent 2020 annual meeting um, was a huge success and had a large, probably the largest attendance on record. Um, there was a high level of engagement. Um, what would be your reflections on this past SUFU meeting? You know, first of all, I just want to make sure all of our membership is doing well and staying healthy. So, you know, as we embark on on uh, this this um, beginning of the spring, uh, I certainly want to echo that. You know, we, we certainly want to make sure everyone's doing well and, and staying healthy going forth. Um, yeah, you know, listen, uh, I think that the SUFU meeting had tremendous energy this last year. As you mentioned, we had um, perhaps our highest. Um, you know, enrollment ever. And, and um, it was great. It was a wonderful weather week. Um, you know, the amount of uh, material and stuff that we covered was fantastic. Um, you know, as you know, we, we've built this over many years now, uh, kind of taking a, a, a newer approach with adding some basic science several years ago, which has been really one of the hallmarks of our meeting. Um, the last couple of years, we've been involved a few other uh, newer initiatives, uh, one of which was a uh, you know, this expert surgical theater, which I think was great because it really allows a lot of us who, who do things, but maybe to hear other other friends, other colleagues, other experts, how they do this. And so they kind of get a little sense for them, uh, how, how they approach uh, various maybe uh, common procedures that we all do, but maybe some subtle nuances as to how they do something that we can take away as, as a little tidbit. So I think that was kind of neat. Uh, to kind of take that in the last couple of years and, and, and even the next two years and, and beyond, we'll keep taking various aspects of uh, surgical practice that we all engage in and what we can do to perhaps better that. Um, you know, I, I thought that was neat to do and, and to kind of continue uh, to build on that tradition over the years to come. Um, you know, as you probably noticed, we, we have, uh, you know, consistent with a lot of the other educational efforts that are going on nationally, um, you know, more, uh, um, in terms of uh, panels and interactive sessions and, and less didactic and, and really more of this kind of more inverted classrooms and, and audience participation as best, as best one can take it over the course of a what, two and a half day meeting and if you have the basic sciences. So as we do that, we're going to kind of continue that theme, I suspect, over the years because that's what the uh, learners want and we want to continue to make sure that they get that. Um, also this year, we, we incorporated open moderated sessions, so something a little different than we've done in years past, where some of the uh, other posters, instead of having non-moderated posters as we've done, uh, which we still had some, we're trying to transition as many of those to these open moderated sessions to add a little bit more of a casual feel for the posters, but still also present more posters and, and obviously podiums as well over the time. Um, you know, we did worry a little bit in terms of uh, you know, just the optics 
of having a meeting in such a beautiful location as we did in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, and for someone to come and basically just have a single you know, non-moderated poster. So we wanted to make sure there's more opportunities for people to present in and, and obviously even for the opposite, you know, which is the moderators to, to allow them to, to moderate and, and uh, generate some discussions. So I think that was kind of, that was kind of neat and, and really take some of that energy and enthusiasm from a meeting, which is typically at the early part of the year, as you know, February, and use that and kind of keep that energy and enthusiasm going for, for the balance of the year. Um, so it's a nice way to kind of kick the year off. Well, yes, congratulations on a successful meeting and a great program. And I look forward to the sort of future, those interactive learning sessions. I think those were really great. I think people really got a lot out of them. Um, well, we are in a bit of a time capsule in that we're recording this on April 13th, 2020, and we are in the midst of the COVID crisis, outbreak, pandemic. And um, uh, you're in your social distancing in Seattle or in um, Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm in uh, Seattle, Washington. But you, Dr. Vasavada, as SUFU president, what would you want SUFU members to know about what SUFU is doing behind the scenes to support members during this unprecedented time? Yeah, so you know, clearly there, there's been a lot of interest in terms of the, the COVID pandemic and, and how that relates. You know, just just a quick word. You know, some some of the members reached out to us to say, were there any cases? that we were aware of um, developing. As, as you know, this was all very, very new in the United States at the time. And then some people like yourself were in, in places where some of the early hotspots in places like Seattle and, and those who came in from New York and others. We didn't have a tremendous international population at, at this meeting uh, for, for a lot of reasons, some of which they were uh, prohibited from travel. And so I think to the end that it perhaps benefited the membership that to our knowledge now you know, shy of two months uh, from the meeting. We've not heard of any illnesses that, that generated from the meeting or came where someone was infected or other things that changed based on the meeting. So I think that was an important thing to make sure the membership knows about. And, and again, whenever this podcast is ultimately put out for, for people to hear, they should know and, and feel very confident that we were we were on top of that. We knew about that. We were monitoring it. We talked to people and we you know put a, an email out even to ask the people perhaps let us know if anything uh, transpired uh, perhaps after the meeting, um, you know, within the top couple of weeks, which is a time when the incubation period would have uh, been up. And so that's when we had uh, really made sure that everyone was knowing about that. Um, so I think some of the behind the scenes stuff, you know, as you can imagine, you know, Sufu uh, is, is a year round uh, type of uh, effort and endeavor. And so every year we're always doing things even behind the scenes uh, on a constant basis. Uh, so we have a lot of innovative programming that we're doing. Uh, perhaps one of the, the newest ones that we're doing right now is a, is a educational program currently geared towards fellows and fellow education. As you know, we're all in this downtime period uh, from an operative educational and clinic educational standpoint. But from a fellow standpoint, uh, there's still a fair amount of programming. We've initiated something with the American Neurogynecologic Society and the Society of Gynecologic Surgeons, or SDS in a two to three time a week soon um, uh, webinar uh, that, that's gonna ultimately be something that they'll be able to log into. It'll also be archived. So so on our website and on the AUGS website that they'll be able to go back and look at uh, a variety of these lectures. So you know, as we develop these lectures, uh, there, there's some keynote speakers and outstanding you know lectures at that. We also wanted to keep it pretty tight in time frame. 
about 30 minutes and maybe about 15 to 20 minutes of like panel discussion type of uh, so two, three other people might ask some questions and kind of keep that going in terms of, uh, um, you know, just a, not, not a straight didactic, but something more of interest to, to a lot of the, um, you know, members and, and, uh, and fellows and, and people who are listening. Um, we actually just did the first one on Friday, so a few days ago. We had 175 people logged in. Uh, which is just unbelievable. And clearly, we don't have that many fellows within either of our disciplines, but suffice to say, uh, a lot of people heard about it, and then I think uh, really had a good time listening to it. So I think that was something that'll be, uh, at least for the near term, the next couple of few months, we've got a, a pretty dedicated slate of a variety of our members and AUGS members and SGS members who will be speaking. And, and again, it's not meant to be just a bunch of didactics. There's a lot of... Uh, hard to do a direct interactive thing, even though we do that at times with, with Zoom and other platforms. This is going to be something more on the lines of, uh, of you know, perhaps, uh, again, uh, structured questions. And, and there is a chat box and chat room, so people can ask questions. So we have a moderator. Actually, we have fellows who are moderating, and the fellows will then ask certain questions of the speaker or panelists as, as it shows. So I think that's going to be kind of neat. Um, maybe transition to a couple things. You know, obviously we know that many of us are AUA members, and this year uh, the AUA is not happening, unfortunately, because of the same pandemic. But they are doing some uh, virtual sessions, and many super members are part of that. So for the general membership, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, innovative programming uh, around the, the uh, AUA side. To that end, there'll be webinars, some of which will be directed, uh, I believe, near the end of June, but also other things that will be archived for, for um for, for the balance of the summer, I believe, then we'll be uh, you know, releasing that and recording that. And again, I believe that'll be archived so people have that uh, available to them. And then maybe the last thing I mentioned is, is again, you know, directed towards the SUFU membership. You know, what are the things are we trying to do? Uh, we're trying to help with some of this telemedicine stuff. As you can imagine, um, this is relatively new for a lot of us. And, and many of us have done a little bit here and there, but then all of a sudden, you know, with the pandemic, it, it, it just hit the accelerator paddle on the use of telemedicine and televisits. And, and I think so many areas were really not well uh, developed in terms of either the infrastructures that we had, the billing obviously was uh, something that was still being uh, developed over time and uh, between virtual visits and telephone visits. And so we're trying to help with that. We, we've had a webinar already. We put out some uh, correspondence. But as you can imagine, some of this is done on local levels. So, so various state levels and things like that that I think, you know, you should always check in with, um, you know, as we go forth uh, over the next several several weeks uh, of doing this, if not longer. All right. That was great to hear about all the initiatives that SUFU is working on. Um, you know, people always ask, how can they get more involved with SUFU? Um, and what would be your um, advice to them? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And it's really uh, appreciated. Why? Because... You know, the amount of enthusiasm in our membership uh, has been really tremendous. Uh, you know, as we as we knew when we had the last election, this is the members at large election, we had a, a huge number of people who applied for being on the members at large. And we typically have about two positions that come up about every two to three years. And so with that, um, you know, we had so many people apply. And then from that, we have to call the list down and then ultimately have the membership vote on a smaller number of it. I think that's it really just speaks to how much uh, interest people have in being part of our society, being active, doing things. So, you know, I think if I had to give uh, the members um, you know, some advice, I mean, just certainly reach out to any of us on the executive committee. Say you're interested. 
uh, what your area of interest is, if you've got a special unique talent or any other background history that you know of. Uh, I think that would be something neat that we'd love to, to get you more involved. Uh, we are probably one of the bigger initiatives I'm trying to, to really formalize and codify is, is these committees that we've set up over the years, but really empower them and, and really develop a, a mechanism and method for which various uh, ideas and tasks and different things come through our executive committee. And then we'll just basically uh, task our, our small committees with um, with kind of, I'm say do the legwork, but really, you know, empower them to say, this is your job. You've got a health policy task. Uh, I want you to tell me what you guys think is the best thing. And then they will then report back to the executive committee. We will say, okay, I think that's a fantastic idea. Let's take that out to the next level. And uh, somewhat analogous to the way the AUA has done things for years, and I think it really formalizes um, the committees. And, and, and again, one of the bigger things I'd like to do over the next couple of years is really, uh, again, continue to empower the committees to, to continue to do more and more of that. So then theoretically, people could join the committee, you know, given the right, you know, fit of, of you know, talent or skill. There is probably room on some committees that might have some need. So then once they reach out, they might be able to find that a joint committee to join. Exactly. I think there, there's always room. And we obviously have to keep a certain number on each committee. We can't have too many. Um, but that said, it doesn't mean someone can't still reach out to another when we have various you know, projects or ad hoc projects and things that come up. So by all means. Um, and, and then again, voicing your, your thoughts and concerns, feedback. Uh, it's the only way our society continues to improve and get better. That's, that's certainly why we've got such a great group as we do now. And, and it's because of, of feedback from our membership over the last uh, you know, 15 to 20 years. Is that how long you've been involved with Sufu, would you say? Uh, it feels like 100. <laughs> it's been, I think, about 12 years. Uh, I don't even ask Heather how, how many years it's been, but it's, mm-hmm. it's really been great. It's been a great ride. It's been you know wonderful to have you know awesome people to work with on a daily basis, including our group from Wiser and Associates. So it's really been a lot of fun for, for me to do this and, and be part of this. What are your fond memories of Sufu and what has Sufu meant to you? Yeah, I think, you know, fond memories, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm senior enough that I've, I've had the opportunity of seeing this meeting mature um, for, for anyone who's been part of Sufu for many years, probably recalls it was really a, a lunchtime meeting at the AUA. There was not a whole lot of science presented there to see this become a standalone meeting, an executive committee that actually does things and achieves things, works collaboratively with so many other societies and, and things that we all do to better ourselves and, and our, our situations within our practice. And, and I think taking that and seeing that, you know, again, mature to this annual meeting that we now do, uh, you know, once a year, it's, it's really one of the crown jewels uh, of this society and, and taking the high level science, uh, maturing, uh, you know, residents, fellows and others and kind of seeing them go through. And it, it, it's kind of neat to see someone who is just a student and then now all of a sudden they're a resident and a fellow and then they're presenting at the meeting and now they're, you know, running a plenary. I mean, it's really, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's a pretty amazing thing. So it's great to be part of that. What about you and how have you been adjusting to the coronavirus changes? Are you, you know, what's the practice situation like where you are? 
Yeah, I think, you know, nothing else different um, in terms of the way we are at Cleveland Clinic. I think we're not uh, in as much of the hotspot as several of our members are in various parts of the country. Um, you know, our, our state has managed things pretty well in terms of the numbers of, uh, of our patients who do present with COVID because of the shelter in place, the orders that were put in almost about a month ago now. Uh, so I think that's actually benefited a lot of us. That said, we have had the same challenges. We've had to cancel elective surgeries, much of which is, is part of what we do within our, our, our practices every day. So transitioning to telemedicine, as we touched on, I think certainly seeing less patients coming in nowadays than ever before, uh, which has made a, a huge change for people like me who have been a, you know busy practitioners and very busy clinically and operatively. You know, to transition my practice to one where I'm doing virtual visits and, and telephone visits on, and, and, you know, handling other things on an administrative level on a routine basis. So I think that's a it's a big culture change because uh, I think most of us as practitioners, we, we're busy. We like to be busy. We like to stay busy. We may complain about it because we're too busy, but there's this back and forth. And I think, um, yeah, to, to, to deal with that shift in time. Uh, boy, it's, 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 a, it's a tough adjustment. Hopefully, it won't be a long-term adjustment. So uh, I'm just hoping that, uh, that this whole pandemic goes away and you know, we're back to business as usual, if not stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, who is Sandy Vasavada? What I mean, may, people probably know you, but may not know a lot about you. So tell me something maybe about yourself that you can share with the membership they may not know. So what do you know? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people who... who probably know me to some extent, having met me at the meetings and obviously being part of the society and others. I mean, I think just on a personal level, I, I'm a pretty easygoing. Um, I, I don't think I, I, my, my temper doesn't flare much. I'm, I'm pretty you know, even keeled, I think, as a person on a day-to-day basis. So I hope uh, that benefits me from representing the society uh, going forth. Um, I, I'm a collaborator. I work well with people. And I think uh, people respect me for that because you know I'm one who does like to uh, you know extend out to other groups and people and make sure everyone's as, as best you know understanding what their needs and desires are so that we can all work together. I think there's a a lot of opportunities that we all have, especially within our field and society. So I think hopefully that's going to be a strength that I'll be able to call on um, my, my sort of abilities to communicate and work with others. Um, I'm hoping that that's going to be again a, a strength. Uh, as a president for the society, um, you know, on a side note, you know, let's say I, I drink wine, I enjoy it. I think this is <laughs> something that it, it's a passion of mine. I've, I've had that for some for several years now. And, and I think when I do that, uh, it's also, it's a social thing. Uh, it may be virtual social now <laughs> as opposed to the other way as it typically is. But I think that's something that really also, again, lends itself to my personality because I enjoy you know, being with people. Uh, you know, uh, pandemic notwithstanding, I think it's really kind of fun. And so that's where uh, perhaps it symbolizes well uh, from a, a social standpoint, uh, the way I like to uh, you know, embody myself. That's fun. Did you, have you had any virtual happy hours or maybe that's an idea? Yeah, I've, I've had one and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, uh, it gets expensive after a while. <laughs> <laughs> you got to outdo each other when it comes to nice wines, but I think uh-huh. it's, it's really, it is fun, but uh, it's still not the same as when you do things in person, which is really, you know, the way I think we all are. We're social people. We like to not distance ourselves in any way. And uh, this is why yeah, culturally, I think it's so difficult for so many of us uh, to deal with what's going on in the world nowadays. That's great. 
Well, any last words or thoughts that you want to share with the membership um, about the next year or two? I guess that's what, uh, you know, your presidency will be um, leading our society and leading our group. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty in the near future, but hopefully a bright, you know, bright light as well. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, the society is great. It's on firm footing. We're doing well. Obviously, once we get to this pandemic, we'll be back on on and, you know, full speed going ahead as we do that. I think we have a lot of initiatives that we'd like to keep going again in a, in a strong way. As I mentioned, I want to firm up some of the roles of our committees. Uh, we've got a huge interest uh, by our membership show uh, uh, in terms of being active. And so we want to really take that enthusiasm and keep going with that. Um, we, we develop a five-year plan roughly every five years. Mm-hmm. And certainly we're about up time for that to kind of look at where do we envision ourselves five years from now? So the last one, you know, needless to say, we did in about 2015. So, so we are about time to do another one of those. And so I'll probably be taking a group of a, a number of people uh, to, to ask them to kind of take an inward and outward look to our society and say, where do we think in 2025 we'd like to be? And, and start to use our, our resources and tasks towards that. Um, I think that's going to be an important endeavor uh, throughout part of my presidency here. Um, there's a lot of other things that we have to do. We have fellow level education. That's always been one of the, the main things that we've done in the society and want to continue that. As you can imagine, you know, we need residents to go into the fellowship. And, and so that's a, a challenging area because there's a lot of, um, you know, I wouldn't say threats, but different reasons as to why someone may or may not choose uh, FPMRS. And so I think we need to look deeper as to, you know, what those reasons are and then ultimately, you know, again, continue to gain, engage enthusiasm towards our specialty and whatever we need to do to continue to do that. Um, you know, I think reaffirming our interest with our basic science folks is going to be an interest that uh, I've also had is, is to, like, like many other presidents who preceded me in this, is, is really to try to see what we can do to continue that strength of our, of our meeting and, and make sure that we're, we're really looking at the highest level science within our group. Um, lastly, you know, a few new things coming up, I think, you know, with the use of uh, advanced practice providers and other, um, you know, paramedical personnel and other ways, you know, we really want to use them, uh, you know, educate them and be the, the source for that because so many of them are so specialized in terms of uh, our specialty now to, to, to really make sure that they're educated and we want to be the ones delivering the education. So I think as, as we go into the annual meetings, uh, the winter meetings and others, what we'll be continuing to do, you know, maybe dedicated programming towards them is, is my guess, uh, you know, some time. And then I continue to bridge other collaborative efforts within, you know, our societies around the country and maybe you know, strategically uh, in other parts of the world as well as, as we need to, um, you know, for, for programming around, uh, you know, FPMRS uh, type curricula. It sounds great. It sounds very exciting. And um, I very much enjoyed this conversation. And like you said, I hope everyone stays safe and um, that we get through this all together. Thank you, Dr. Pasavida. Absolutely. Thank you. And thanks for asking me to do this. Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Sufu podcast. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast streaming app. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter with our handle at SuFuOrg, where we'll provide real-time updates of our next podcast episode launch. And be sure to check us out on our website, www.sufuorg.com.